Welcome to Things Musicians Don't Talk About with me, your host, Hattie Butterworth. I'm a cellist and writer in my final year at the Royal College of Music in London, and I think we need a new way of talking. I've spent many, many years feeling in the dark about issues in the classical music profession. So often it can feel like you're the only person struggling with anxiety, depression, career doubts, money, injuries, and so much more. Who do we go to when we feel we've had enough, for whatever reason? Join me and guests as we end the stigma with honest conversations about the things musicians don't talk about. Hello and welcome to the final instalment in this three-part series. I so enjoyed talking to Maria. Um, She has such a fascinating take on this whole thing, having not actually been brought up in the UK, but she offers a really interesting insight into somebody who has come to the UK in order to work, to earn money, to study a master's in education, and then gone on to work in education in the UK state system. Um, So I really hope you enjoy this final episode, and I hope that the whole series has been interesting in some way um and thank you for your support everyone and again to finn emily and maria for sharing their very different but wonderful experiences and yes hope you're all doing really well so hello thank you for having me today my name is maria nikitidu and i'm a pianist um I started learning the piano in Greece when I was around 10 years old and I moved to the UK about five years ago for my master's at Trinity Lab and Conservatoire where I studied in the MA in Music Education and Performance and I'm currently working as a curriculum music teacher in South London. Amazing. So, um when you were in Greece, what's the mm-hmm. sort of music education look like there? Yeah, it's quite different to how music education is here, mainly because there is there are very limited classes, music classes that you can get in school. So everything is private. You can mm-hmm. go to the conservatoire since a very young age, but um, it's private and quite so you expensive. Have to know. <laughs> I see. So you have to know in advance about the system. And it, it, I'm guessing it's not very easy then for people that don't come from a musical family. I'm guessing it's more a lot more difficult to get into the classical music world. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I, don't, I don't come from a musical family. None of right. my parents or grandparents are playing an instrument. So when I first went to the conservatoire... It was a kind of shock when I said, oh, I want to play the piano. Because so, my parents were like, oh, can we buy a piano or not? <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I started and they were a bit hesitating about if I will go on or not. But it all went very well up until the point that I started high school. Because except for music classes or the English classes or any... Um, tuitions that you have to do to enter the university are private as well. So if a family is struggling financially, it's quite hard to go on with musical studies in Greece. Mm. So there are too many expenses around that age. So I when I was it. around 16, I had to quit 
uh, piano lessons for a couple of years. And oh, we goodness. started after uni, yeah. So did you continue playing on your own? Yes, I or did. Or did you stop most, like, altogether? No, you kept it going? Um, I kept oh, wow. playing on my own at home, yeah, but I didn't have any any lessons during those years. It was it was quite hard to afford everything. I had yeah. to I had to go on with tuitions in order to be able to enter the university because the system is quite different. Yeah. We give uh, we sit for exams. Every student that is in the final year of high school sits down for, sits for exams, and according to your mark, you answer to a university that you have chosen. But it's a very competitive system. Mm. Because you might, you might lose uh, the university that you wanted for a 0.2 out of 20 or something. So I, see. so, yeah. I was focusing mainly on that. Okay, and then when, what made you make the decision to come to the UK? And, and was that quite a difficult decision? Um, it was, um, mainly because of financial reasons again. Mm because the fees here are much more expensive than any fees in Greece, of course. And coming from that background, it was quite quite hard. After I started my studies, um, my piano studies in uni, I've decided that this is kind of what I wanted to do. Mm. So I came here five years ago um without having a place at a conservatory yet so I started working in various schools as a TA or um or as a supply teacher and was getting ready for my auditions at the same time and when I managed to get a place at Trinity I started saving up for the fees for the next year yeah. yeah, so did you have to work alongside studying as well? Yes, I did, but I worked more part-time than I did the previous okay. years. Oh, yeah, amazing. it wasn't that bad. Yeah, the year that I was studying, it wasn't that bad. I was working only a couple of days. Okay, so what was the course actually called? Was it the piano, did you say piano education or piano performance? Or I can't remember what yeah. you said it was. It's called the MA in Music Education and Performance. Ah, okay. So, so it was half focused on performance and the other half had lectures about music education. What did you learn then from that, um, from that master? Did you think that your experience, you know, coming from Greece and have, coming from, you know, a family that maybe didn't have the resources to provide instrumental lessons... What did you learn, like, in the Masters about the importance of music for children and music in schools? Yes, definitely. Um, we've learned mainly how important it is for um, primary, not just primary, actually, for any children to have music education for their development, mm. as well as having uh, experiences throughout the whole curriculum so, because there's so much focus on English and maths in all the mm. schools around the UK, but music is so fundamentally important for the cognitive, social, all types of development of children that we should really include it in the curriculum of every school. Absolutely, yeah. 
And with classical music itself, in Greece, what what is like, what do people see it as? Do people see it as something that's like very privileged and very posh? Or is it something that's more like accepted? Yes. No, or exactly. How- it's considered very posh and privileged, to be yeah. honest. Yes. <laughs> kind of the same as here, but probably worse in some ways. I think it's much worse in Greece, having seen, yeah. <laughs> have you seen the situation here? Because yeah. you <laughs> complain about it here, but yeah, if if everything's private and you have no exposure to music when you're in school, or like very little exposure in school, yeah, exactly. then that makes it so much more difficult. I think it's also cultural as well, because I think in Greece, we it's not so much in our tradition, classical music, yeah. so... It's considered something very posh and cultural and something that you don't really do. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So concert halls, if there are any concerts, classical music concerts are full with either music students or old posh people. Yeah. If if I can say that. Yeah, but I think it's true. It's okay. This is how it feels. So how do you feel like your background or, you know, when you came to the UK, did you feel like mm-hmm. your finances and your experience and background, do you feel like it held you back when you were coming in and trying to make your way in the music world? Yes. Or I do you think, that- like, feel like it helped in some way? I don't know. Um, I think both, actually. Um, it, it really, I really struggled in the beginning, especially when I was studying in Greece, but also in the year that I was doing my master's at Trinity, um, because I had to work a lot of hours so that I can afford Mm. to be, to studying. And not that much when I, when I, so we're studying here because I lived quite close to the conservatoire. But back in Greece, um, I had to travel a lot to find a good instrument to practice to because I, I never could afford a decent piano at home. And I felt like all those create a kind of a cycle. Like the more yeah. you work, the less you practice. And then you're not as good as um, you're the people you compete with for scholarships. And you know what I mean? It's kind of a cycle that goes on and it on is. and on. And you feel like I have to practice more. But then if you practice more, you can't really can't work. work much. Yeah, and it's, it's a real issue. It's yes, a real it issue is. Because they're always telling us, you know, they that we want music to be inclusive and you know um if you come from a working class family you shouldn't be held back and you should have the same opportunities but it's like yeah but then we get into the classical music world and it's set up for people that can afford to study for years and years and not work alongside you know exactly if you work if you work alongside you're at a disadvantage I don't think people realize that quite quite enough um it's also dealing with the fact that sometimes teachers don't realize that enough, mm. if you know what I mean. Because when I was younger, I had this um, thing that my teacher was like, you have to go to that master class, you have to go to that concert, yeah. or can you have this ready for tomorrow? And I had in my head that I'm teaching four hours after this, yeah. so I'm not sure if I can have that ready for tomorrow, or... 
I'm not sure if I can go to that concert or if I can't afford the third masterclass for this term. Or, yeah, so it's it's quite hard. I think maybe they might have been living or studying in a world that was quite different. And when, you know, music education was free or was a lot cheaper than it is now. And you could just, you know, you could just practice all day. But now, especially in London, we live in this amazing city. But at the same time, it's like so expensive. And the reality is that you're going to have to work alongside practicing. Exactly, yeah. You know, I've had the same thing, though, with teachers being like, you know, you should be doing this amount of practice every day and I want this ready by, you know, three days' time. And in the back of your head, you're thinking, oh, my God, yeah. like, I've got work, I've got rehearsals, I've got all these things that are you know trying to earn me money and now and now you're going to tell me that or make me feel like I'm not good enough and yeah it's it's a really really tough place to be in especially without any you know real um guarantee of work at the end of it I mean for you with music education (laughs) is probably a bit easier because there hopefully the government's going to want music teachers um but for for a mm. while to come but um how how has your like music education you know study mm-hmm. how has how has that influenced like where you want to go in the future what's your plan for the future at the moment you know what kind of work do you want to be doing with with music and, and with the piano yeah it's it's not all negative, really, because mm. I've realized that all those years that I have to work alongside my studies, I gained quite a good working experience. Yeah. So I was very lucky that when I finished my study, I found um, a really good position as a music teacher in a primary school. And also my background led me to work in, in schools in South London, which are not that privileged as mm. other other areas. So it was quite good um, to, and it helps me kind of establish a classical music um, background to students from early years to year six. And it's, hard it's part of that cycle that we were talking about before but in a different aspect the social one mainly because if the children are not exposed to, to classical music at home they come at school and I'm talking about classical music and they think that I'm a kind of a crazy person <laughs> that talks about some kind of music that doesn't exist <laughs> or yeah. you know what I mean yeah, I do. And it's a kind of a cycle, but trying to introduce it a little bit every year and a bit more next year, I, I see that it makes a really big difference over the years. So yeah, hopefully we'll break that cycle in the end. <laughs> yeah. Do you bring in like lots of different genres into your teaching? Yes, you I'm trying to. Types? Yeah. I'm trying to. Um, one of the schools I worked through is... Um, most of the students have got a really working class background Mm. and I'm trying to introduce a composer of the month 
that they can oh, wow. listen a little bit of classical music every week and talk about it and when those composers yeah. leave and stuff like that. It's interesting, isn't it, how, you know, when a lot of these composers were alive, they were considered by, like, the general population, they were considered as celebrities. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's really funny. It, it reminds me a lot of, like, what's happened a bit with religion and, like, um Christianity mm. in that you know I I grew up in a Christian family but actually in the UK that's not very common anymore you know most people would consider no, themselves yeah. you know agnostic or or atheist or not really with a faith and therefore it's like you wouldn't expect someone that's never been to church to just know what to do in church and like to be feel comfortable just going to church and engaging in that and it's the same with classical music I think isn't it it's like if these children have never been exposed to it mm -hmm. like yeah. it's really hard for them to know that they're invited or know that there's a place for them it, or that they yeah. they can have the opportunity it is exactly like that because mm. you go to schools that have got working class backgrounds and the children have no clue what you're talking about or they might say that they have heard this music at a cartoon or in a movie or something yeah. like that. And you go to a different one, which is more of a middle-class background, and, you know, children will come up and say, oh, I've, I've been to a concert, I've been to South mm. Bank, I've, oh, my, my parents are playing the violin, all this or that. And you can, you feel the difference. <laughs> That's so interesting. You can tell that it, it makes a huge difference, yeah. Yeah, and it's just about, you know, their family background at that age, isn't it? Mm -hmm. As to whether they've had exposure to it or not. And school can make such a big difference in that, can't it? Like, about whether they feel inspired or whether they don't, or whether they feel like it's not something that they're invited into. Yeah, or whether they are encouraged to do that. For example, mm. we offer instrumental lessons in school that are separate to the music lessons that have every week. And you see that in the schools with a more working class background, it's so hard to fill up all the spaces for the tutors. And you have really? to do assemblies to introduce the instrument. And this is mm. how it sounds, how exciting it is. Would you like to learn it? And all those. And there are other schools that you can have a huge waiting list because the spaces are not enough. <laughs> That's so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I, it's not something I'd ever thought about, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, that, that is so interesting. And, like, it's so important that these things exist. But, yeah, it's, it's like if your parents have learned an instrument oh. and if they're ex excited about it or interested in you learning it, I think that's so important, like... In the start, if the parents are on board and, you know, and if, they, if they've if they never, if they have a, a, a preconception about classical music that's maybe negative or they think it means that they're posh or whatever, then yeah. it's unlikely they're going to want to support their children in it as well. Definitely. Um, and you can yeah. see that as well at the choices of the instruments that people make. For example, piano yeah. and guitar is always filled up very quickly. But when you think about brass instruments, uh, they never do. And I was always wondering why, because the assemblies are very exciting and they make loud sounds and all the kids were yeah. really happy. 
And then talking to the adults around, I realized that the parents don't want them to be learning the trumpet because they would be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. I also was thinking about um, what you said about how, like, you know, trying to show kids that there's classical music in films and in, you know, all these different sort of parts of our society. And it's really interesting to me how um, at the Albert Hall, they do these like Harry Potter cinema things with a live yeah. orchestra, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And those are always so well sold out. And it's it's totally classical music from the start to the finish. Like mm-hmm. if you put it in a concert situation people probably wouldn't want to come. Like, if you didn't call it Harry Potter, if you called it, like, a symphony, yes, people probably wouldn't turn up. But it's, like, the fact that it's Harry Potter and they know what that is and there's going to be a film in the background. And, you know, that context means that it's accessible, but it's, like, interesting that the other context of a concert hall yeah. doesn't feel anywhere near as accessible. Definitely. And I think that people nowadays with classical music need to have some other visual stimuli. For example, mm. there are those uh, BBC trailblazers. I don't know if you've heard them for children, but they've got a very short film in the beginning that they introduce the classical music piece with famous actors, presenters from television or anywhere. And they get so excited that then when they hear the music, they listen so carefully. But if you Mm. would just say, so here is a piece of music, it's called like that, what do you think? Listen to that. They wouldn't just stay still and listen. (laughs) They need something else to come with it. Yeah, that's a really good point as well. So I I just want to like maybe finish Mm -hmm. with whether you have an idea of like how do you think classical music can be more inclusive or how can it um, appeal to people from working class or low-income backgrounds? What does it need to do? What does classical music need to do to become more, you know, inclusive? I think that this is a very um, hard work (laughs) to be achieved and it will take um, a long time for classical music to be reintroduced to something that is accessible to everyone Mm. so that people can go to concerts or um, be interested, even be interested about it so that then the children can start learning and we will have more um, music students that are from other backgrounds as well. But I think it's going to take a long time because even now when we play concerts we know what the audience is like mm. so you know who we're going to expect to see yeah yeah exactly That's a good point and to be honest coming from a different background I find I sometimes find it quite hard to to connect with my audience because of that because mm. even when I'm playing it's fine it's just me and my piano. But after the, those conversations, I struggle so much, honestly, <laughs> to connect with my own audience because we don't have the same experiences, to be honest. Yeah. In what way do you find that it's difficult? When I was younger, I didn't even know how to talk to those people. I would always say mm. just thank you. 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you for coming. And um, I, used, I remember I used to play to big conferences for like um, doctors or stuff like that. They had the drinks, the after drinks, and yeah. we would play music. And walking around after, I didn't even know what to wear to those occasions. I, mm. I, I didn't know how to how to behave in a in a place like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, I, I remember I felt quite awkward. I got used to it after because the audience is quite similar in all classical music concerts. Yeah. But I would really like to see classical music concerts with different audiences as well. I really agree with you. That is, yeah, that is something that I'm really glad you said, actually, because it is really, it's a really difficult situation to be put in, mm. you know, to be, you then, you perform and then you're so right, you're expected to talk to all these people and maybe they have, you know, maybe yeah. they're of a different culture, maybe they have a different accent to you, maybe you're worried how you're going to come across and yeah. you've never, if you've never been experienced to, that and especially with sponsors if you're being sponsored by someone that can feel very um very awkward very exposed and very awkward you're so right like and maybe if you're someone that's very introverted or you don't like talking or don't or are worried about expressing yourself Mm. you know whether or not you come from a working class family you know that that is a really difficult situation to be put in yeah and it's a really good point that you make actually about that yeah no thank you so much for talking to us about your experience which is awesome thank you for having me really great to have someone involved in musical education because I don't often talk to people who are and it sounds like you've worked incredibly hard to you know find work within the sector and you know work to change like the perceptions of classical music and everything so thank you so much for sharing your story with us (laughs) thank you for having me no no worries at all